Hello everyone, it's Lauren Ash. Hey y'all, Zakia Najiba. Welcome to the Black Girl Numb Podcast. We promote holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color. We also encourage self-care and self-love for our communities. In a nutshell, we create space for women of color to breathe easy. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everybody, to the second episode of Black Girl and Own. We're so lucky to be back with you all. And today we have a very, very special guest. Yes, we're super, super excited to welcome Miss Janae Claiborne of Sweet Potato Soul here with us. She is um, the founder of a really, really inspiring platform called Sweet Potato Soul, which is, well, let's let Janae describe it. Hi, thanks for having me. So Sweet Potato Soul is an online vegan, well, of course it's online, but it's a, it's a vegan food and lifestyle blog and YouTube channel. Um, yeah, so I share lots of yummy, colorful, delicious, healthy recipes and uh, videos to go along. My whole thing is I'm trying to inspire people, eat healthy and, and just prove to people that it can be that it can be delicious and easy and anybody can do it. We love it. We're super excited because we are blessed to actually know you. Um, you were super generous with us last summer, summer 2015. Um, you invited us literally into your home when we visited to New York. And during that whole experience, Zakia and myself were super um, just we were provided with a whole new awareness of what veganism as a lifestyle looks like. And that's the reason why we wanted to invite you on this show, because we wanted to allow for more people, more women of color, just like us in particular, to be able to get a glimpse of that as well. Fabulous. (laughs) So let's dive right in. Um, One thing I'd love to start off with is just hearing a little bit more about your particular choice to embrace veganism, again, as a lifestyle and not just a diet. I think that that's a really right. important distinction. I think obviously it's great if people choose to embrace the diet over the lifestyle, but with you, um, we were able to really see what it means to be a holistic vegan. So we're hoping that you can kind of chat about your trajectory and your journey toward embracing that. Yeah, so I became vegan a little over five years ago. Before then, I was a vegetarian, and I became vegetarian for health reasons. I was reading about um, how the hormones in chicken screw up everything and can lead to cancer, and especially reproductive cancers. And I don't even know where I found this information because this was before, this was obviously in the days of Google, but it wasn't as easy to find information about health. Um, in nutrition as it is now. So I started reading about that and I became a vegetarian. So that was probably about nine years, no, eight years ago now. And then I moved to New York City and I was going to pursue a career in acting, which I did for a few years. But of course, like most actors, I got a job at a restaurant. And uh, since I was already vegetarian, I was super like serious about not working at a place that sells, that serves meat. So I got a job at a vegan restaurant. I wasn't vegan, though, of course, not yet. So, But it was really just working there, getting to know other vegans um, who had chosen to become vegan, not for health reasons, but for ethical reasons, um, that it started making more sense to me. And I started becoming a lot more interested in the lifestyle. 
I love animals so much. And honestly, as a vegetarian, I thought I was really doing something to help animals and, and not participating um, in harming animals. But it wasn't until I started working at that restaurant and talking to other vegans and reading more and just, you know, watching movies and just really educating myself that I realized how being a vegetarian isn't much better at all than being a meat eater. And so that after, after realizing that and feeling guilty for a few months, um, every time I would eat an animal product like cheese or yogurt, I finally really took the leap and like really educated myself on what happens in the animal agriculture system, both on small scale, scale farms, um, as well as, you know, the whole big system, big agro. Um, and like, I just became vegan. Like after educating myself fully, I felt like I cannot eat animal products anymore. Screw the health stuff. Like the ethical reasons were so much more important to me then. Um, and they still are. It's still the number one reason I'm vegan. But now since I became vegan, I also realize, wow, like, like now I'm so much healthier than I was before. I thought I was pretty healthy before. Um, but I didn't realize like I had I had these like stomach issues all my life that since I had had them all my life, I just assumed that like, like something was wrong with my stomach, like that would never be fixed because I'd always been in the doctors and I'd always been on medicine and always seemed specialists and nothing ever worked. Uh, But really within about two weeks of becoming vegan, all my stomach problems went away and nothing that none of that has returned. It's been over five years now. So I'm pretty sure that it's the food now, you know, after all this time, it hasn't returned. Um, and what else? Oh, also I started learning about the environmental impact of animal agriculture on the planet. And I very, I've always been interested in, you know, in the environment and protecting the environment, but more from like a, you know, an elementary level, didn't know that much about it and about like how we as humans contribute to the degradation of the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I started learning more about that, about how animal agriculture affects it. And so now like, I am like all the way in. I'm whenever people ask me, why am I vegan? I always start with because I feel like it's ethically the way that fits It's the way of eating that fits my ethics and my morals most, right? Mm -hmm. But in addition to that, second, or I don't even know if it's second, I feel also equal. It's the environmental impact um, that I'm not participating in by not eating animal products and also health. Health comes last, though, because health is important, but I feel like those other things are so much more important because I'm not like the healthiest person in the world. Um, I still like eat I eat fried food sometimes. I, I eat sugar like all day, every day. Um, so I'm not trying to be the healthiest person in the world. So I think that's why those other things are more important to me right now, at least. That's amazing. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And yes. I love how you have like this broader view of thinking about it as this like holistic lifestyle instead of just focusing mm. on your individual self because the decisions that you're making are tied to so many things and will benefit so many other things like in a positive way rather than just making it more individualistic. Um, And I really appreciate hearing that from you. Yeah. I I have this distinct memory and Zakia, you might remember this, but when we were hanging out with Janae last summer in her apartment and I believe you commented on either her shoes or a bag and you said, Oh, that's cute. And Janae, you responded, 
oh, thank you. It's really hard for me to find vegan um, leather shoes, you know, like non-animal leather vegan shoes. And that was honestly a big moment for me. And maybe that sounds silly, but like I'm just someone who, again, I think has been accustomed to thinking of veganism strictly from the perspective of food and what you put right. in your bodies rather than on what you put on your body and the choices that you deliberately make day in and day out about as a consumer, really, too, as like someone who's out there in the world buying, like you look at things and you do the research behind it before deciding whether or not to allow it into your space. And so that Absolutely. was like a really beautiful moment for me. Can you talk more about like how you go about making decisions beyond just the food um, and how those decisions are, again, tied back to your choice to be vegan? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the food part is for me, it's it's like a. I don't think about it. It's so easy. It's so natural to me. I never have a problem. Um, it's really, yeah, the uh, buying other stuff. Because, you know, as a vegan, you, you're not going to buy makeup that has animal products in it or that has been tested on animals. Um, and But before I became vegan, or probably like within the first year of being vegan, I didn't even think about that. I was still buying, you know, whatever stuff I bought back then. But yeah, you go to the store, you go to Sephora, for example, and you have to ask, excuse me, I'm looking for a mascara, but it must be cruelty-free and vegan. What do you have? And nowadays, cruelty-free products, um, there's like a trend around that. I don't think it's a trend that's going to go away. I think it's like people genuinely don't want to buy products that, that you know, test are tested on animals. Um, so when you go in a store now, People usually know what you're talking about and can help you and guide you to find the right products. Fashions, I think, I think fashion is the toughest, but I think that's the next thing that's on the come up. You know, like you can go to the store and see like um, there's a cruelty-free label on like all the cruelty-free cosmetics, skincare, all that stuff. Uh, but I imagine that, for example, I'm I was on um, Amer. Wait, what's that store called? Urban Outfitters website mm -hmm. and. Everything that is vegan leather is actually labeled as such. So it's not labeled faux leather or polyurethane anymore. Now they've got the vegan leather on it because that's like the buzzword for fake leather now, which I think is really cool because that just goes to show that people are seeking that out. Like you said, most of us don't go to the store and pick up a pair of calf, calf hair or lambskin shoes and are like oh my god this is crazy it's it's a baby animal that had to die for these shoes like that's no. crazy and it's gross and it's like it's like screws my mind up we don't think about that right it's just like these are words that are used to describe shoes mm -hmm. um lamb's wool and uh, lamb skin calf's calf hair pony hair leather um they're just so normalized now. And so for me as a vegan, what I do is I shop a lot online. Honestly, I don't shop as much at all as I um, used to. I save a lot of money now. Not only do I not buy products that are made with animal products, uh, but I also don't buy, I don't shop at stores like Forever 21 or H&M anymore. H&M says they're making, you know, big efforts to make sure that their supply chains, like where they get the clothes from, are, you know, fair trade. You know, that the, the people that they employ who, who sew the little cheap clothes together are actually being paid fair wages, are actually working in safe 
conditions. But I don't, I don't feel like I can't really trust that because why are the clothes so cheap, right? And mm. so, like, that's the next thing that I've become interested in now over the, you know, over the last couple of months, probably since the beginning of this year, because um, I had just been shopping at, you know, all the normal stores, Target, mm-hmm. Forever 21, this and that. Um, but now, like, this is the next level because veganism isn't just about caring for animals. It's also just, it's just about compassion and about, like, awareness of like harm that is caused through our everyday actions because you really cannot eliminate harm completely you're always going to be contributing some harm unfortunately you know we're Americans so that means a lot just right there and so because I can't change everything I feel like it's really important for me to be in control and do my best um, at what I you know what I can control for sure. That's amazing. I really appreciate what you just said, Janae, about um, harm, right? And how on some level, unfortunately, we are all complicit in in harming one thing or another um, and how we can take intentional steps to eliminate as much harm as possible. And this reminds me of a concept within yoga, which I believe that we talked about last summer, too, which is Ahimsa, which I know that you really strive to, this idea of nonviolence toward all living things. Um, so that gets us to yoga, obviously (laughs) black girl and Om uh, was in the very beginning. Yoga was the thing that we focused on through our programming. And since then we've expanded and I know that you're a yogi. We went to a yoga class together a few months ago. Thank you again for bringing me to your studio. Um, (laughs) but we have a fun game that we like to play on, uh, on our podcast. And we're wondering if you'll play with us. Of course. <laughs> I love games. <laughs> so, uh, Zakia, do you want to maybe throw the game question out there for her? Yeah. So we just have a little fun question for you. Um, as okay. a yogi, who would you bring to yoga with you? And it can be anyone. Um, someone you don't know, someone you do know, a celebrity, a fictional character. It can be anyone. So uh, who would you bring, would bring to bring yoga? My grandmother. Aww. My Nana. <laughs> love it. I love that. That's great. <laughs> She's never taken a yoga class, but you know, I show her, I, you know, I show her like when I'm down home, I, I show her some, you know, moves and such. And she's just so funny. She's always telling me, I'm going to go take a yoga class. I'm going to go take a yoga class. Can you find one in my area for me? And I always do. She hasn't gone yet. So I need to take her. <laughs> so precious. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> So cute. She's turning 80, by the way, on next Tuesday. That's amazing. Wow. Happy birthday, Nana. Happy birthday, Nana. <laughs> Share this with her. I will. <laughs> she'll love, she's going to love this. Well, that's amazing. How do you, how have you seen your yoga practice inform um, what it means for you to be vegan and vice versa? Oh, my God. I feel like my yoga practice is, it informs my whole life. Because now I've been doing yoga for, oh, wow, I've been doing yoga for as long as I've been vegetarian. So I became a vegetarian, not vegan, vegetarian, like probably like the same week that I started practicing yoga. Um, So, you know, learning, learning about like my whole life, I think of as a yoga practice, right? And so when I became vegan, or I'm sorry, when I became vegetarian and then eventually vegan, the challenges that would come up 
and the setbacks that might come up. I always think, I always thought of it in terms of my yoga practice or, yeah, as in, in terms of yoga. And so in terms of thinking, you know, I might have a setback here, but of course in the future it's going to get better. And you're never like just going up. You're never just always progressing. There's, you know, sometimes you're down, sometimes you're up. Um, so, yeah, I, I really do. Ever since I, be, I started yoga, I think that's why I practice it. Because as soon as, like, the first week of class, I that really stuck with me. The fact that yoga isn't just about the asana. It's about the lifestyle. It's about a way of thinking and a way of living that really vibes with me. It just makes so much sense. <laughs> I love it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Thank you. So, yeah. like, <laughs> So what advice or tips would you give to someone who is unfamiliar to yoga or veganism like what would you say to someone who's new to veganism or new to yoga like is there any advice you would give them you know these things are so similar they're so so similar you know you've probably I know you guys have heard this (laughs) people say oh I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible enough or I I want to start practicing yoga but I need to get flexible first Mm. or Mm. I need to lose weight and then I can start doing yoga. I need to get in shape. There's all these things. I need to do this before I can do yoga. And I think there's a couple of things. One, I think that yoga and veganism are both thought as a thought of as like this pinnacle of being like people who practice yoga and who are vegan are just like so pure Mm -hmm. and don't do anything wrong. And (laughs) this crazy misconception Um, And I think that because of that misconception, a lot of people feel like, oh, I'm not good enough to do that. When I first became vegan, I always spoke to people who would challenge me uh, as soon as I told them I'm vegan. You know, they would say, oh, I can I can never uh, give up meat. Why don't you eat meat? Like the, the whole energy around the conversation would be negative. And I really I really didn't want to have an argument about veganism, I would literally just tell someone I'm vegan and I would feel like I'm being attacked. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen anymore. And now it's shifted to, oh, I wish I could be vegan, but I don't have enough money or I don't have time or I just don't have enough um, commitment or there's all these things. Because, and I think, again, it's like this idea that if you're vegan or if you practice yoga, then you're like a pure being. And I really would love to break that misconception so people could understand that you could be in a wheelchair and you could practice yoga. You could be a a college kid. You could be anybody and you could eat vegan. It's not about having money. It's not about being perfect. It's not about reaching any like pinnacle of being. It's just, it's just, these are just like lifestyle choices that inform everything else in your life too. And People who practice yoga and who eat vegan are no different or no better than anybody else. Um, so, yeah, that's I, I think that would be one thing I would like people to know. And another thing is that for both veganism and for yoga, you don't have to be like a fancy, amazing yogi overnight. I've been practicing yoga for eight years and I I'm not like amazing. I can't do a handstand without a wall or there's so many things. By the way, also, (laughs) there are so many poses that I used to be able to do that I can't anymore. You Mm. know, it's like, that's just how it is. Um, Same with veganism. 
you do not have to be vegan overnight. You do not have to be like eating raw food every day. It's all about how it's all about you. You know, there's nobody, there's no vegan police, there's no yoga police. It's all about doing what makes you happiest and makes you feel the most confident and proud of yourself. Like you, you make your own rules. That's right. what I think. Um, that's, that's my, I love that. That's going to be my new mantra. Yes. <laughs> <What is laughs> make my own make rules. Own. Thank yes. you. Make your own rules. <laughs> that's, that's my mantra. That's so beautiful. I, I really relate, Janae, with uh, what you were sharing about the misconceptions, um, mm. particularly around veganism. Because um, I remember, Saki, I'm going to put ourselves on blast right now. <laughs> Last <Uh-oh>. summer, <laughs> when we stayed with Janae, weren't we both like, yeah, we're going to do we this? We were absolutely obsessed because we were so inspired by just your character and like your whole analysis around like your lifestyle with veganism. So we were like super pumped. We're like, oh my God, when we get back to Chicago, yes. like we're going to do this veganism thing. Yes. Like it is on and popping. Yeah. And then and we then... literally got back and then <laughs> I was looking around and I was like, wait, this cheese though, <laughs> this egg and, and all the old beliefs that were there before the visit started to come back again. Right. Like, oh, well, I don't have a food processor. So like, I can't really make that right. one dish that I made with Janae and like, oh, well, I think I have to have more money because I really want to buy like this kind of produce and blah, blah, blah. And I just let myself kind of get back into those patterns. And I think Zakia, you, yeah. you may have done that as well. So, and I think it goes back to misconception. So, I mean, generally a lot of people, like the average person eats something every day that's technically vegan. So let's say you have a salad without like any animal byproducts or dressing or without meat on it. You're technically eating like a vegan salad. You know what I mean? So there's so many. And it's like even in my own diet, I'll do that. And I won't realize it until the end of the day. I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. I didn't have anything with an animal byproduct in it. I didn't have any eggs. I didn't have any cheese. Everything I ate today was technically vegan. Yeah. So I think people are so caught up in this, like, as you were saying, this idea of like purity and like what is like the ideal. Right. You know, and I think one thing that I've that I've done that has helped me practice it more, even though, again, I'm not vegan right now. It's definitely an aspiration of mine. But um, focusing on how I feel after eating a dish that is vegan is really useful for me and motivating me to make that kind of choice again and again. Because it's just such a, a radically different kind of feeling when you eat something that's whole foods, you know, minimal ingredients, especially no processed foods and no no products from animals. Like the feeling after those meals is just is just incomparable. So that's one thing that I try to do that's that's helpful. I like that. You know, another thing that I always recommend to people, especially those of you who have aspirations to one day be vegan Mm -hmm. is constantly like it just as though, you know, say I'm going to practice to, to finally be able to do that handstand without the wall. You have to have a plan of action to get there. Right. And so for a handstand, I would be, you know, I'd be practicing perhaps getting further away from the wall, doing other exercises like, you know, what I don't know what those those exercises are called. But, you know, the kind when you put your back up against the wall, your Mm -hmm. arms up and like you try to get your spine right. You try to practice, practice, practice until you finally get away from the wall. Um, And I really think the same thing goes with becoming vegan especially if you don't intend to do it overnight. Like some people will watch earthlings and they can't help themselves. They have to be vegan overnight. 
<laughs> but most people, it's like you start having, there's like that, there's like that urge to be vegan. And what is that thing? Like for me, it was animals. For somebody else, it might be health. For somebody else, it might be philosophical, political reasons, um, whatever that is. Constantly like engage in that thing and continue to like educate yourself on that aspect of why you want to become vegan because that will make it easier. You can't do anything without a strong reason. At least you can't maintain that lifestyle change without a strong reason for actually having made that change, right? Mm -hmm. um, so if you have aspirations to be vegan, I think educating yourself and, and, and learning more about that thing that makes you want to become vegan. You know, maybe eventually you'll be like, no, I don't want to be vegan anymore. I changed my mind. And that's fine, too. Um, but, yeah, if you got an aspiration, you got to keep working towards it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, we okay. wanted to talk about something really fun that we love that we've seen you do, your Buddha Bowl program. Yes. Tell us about that. Okay. So <laughs> the Buddha Bowl program is called Buddhalicious. And we got that name, obviously, from Beyonce. <laughs> because, you know, bootylicious, it just makes you feel good and sexy and healthy and alive, right? Um, and so Buddha bowls, for me, have done pretty much the same thing. Um, because a Buddha bowl is a, a one bowl meal, which you have all your balanced nutrients, especially your macronutrients in one bowl. You've got your carbs, your fat, and your protein. In addition to that, you have your micros, like there's a variety of vitamins, antioxidants, uh, minerals, healthy fats. And so for an example of a, a really beautiful Buddha bowl, this is my favorite. Um, there's this bowl, I call it the bibimbap bowl, like a Korean bibimbap. Though it's not really that, but <laughs> it's got, um, I usually use black rice, but brown rice is fine, red rice, whatever rice, rice, tempeh that's marinated um, in like the soy sauce, balsamic vinegar marinade, super easy to make. It's insane. It's three My mouth is watering. Oh, me too. <laughs> and you're not so even done yet. <laughs> I'm, done. I'm, I'm just getting started. Uh, and then you have your green vegetable, right? And your green vegetable, your tempeh represents your, obviously, fiber. Everything has fiber if you're vegan. Um, but the tempeh represents your protein. The green vegetable is both your protein and, well, it's really just your protein. So I use kale or broccoli or whatever. Um, and then, of course, sweet potato, because that's my favorite thing. And starch is very, very important. So your healthy, starchy vegetable. Um, and then you top that off with, I usually do avocado and this um, spicy Korean red pepper sauce, gochujang. I'm probably pronouncing it incorrectly, but gochujang and kimchi. So you have your healthy fat, you got your fermented vegetable from the kimchi. You got the well-balanced of all the macros in the bowl. And it's so delicious. Oh, my God. And it's so easy to make also because you just – in my program, we teach you how to prep all your ingredients for the week in one day within one and a half to two hours. And we give you a step-by-step -step way of doing it to be most efficient. You put everything in the refrigerator. Throughout the week, you just pull out and make a bowl. That's pull amazing. Out, put together a bowl. It takes no more than eight minutes to compile a bowl. That's amazing. Um, it's fine we just you know we just started our second 30-day challenge on monday so 
Well, let us know when the next one's going to begin because we'll obviously yeah. let everybody in Black Pearl Gnome <laughs> know about it and you'll get yes. a whole like slew of awesome women from our community. <laughs> we can do like a Black Girl and Ohm Delicious. Yes, Ooh, let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> like yoga. That'd be fun. That'd be amazing. I, I, yeah. I love that um, what you said about pre- pre- preparing the meals in like an hour to two hour because that gets at one of the misconceptions that we were speaking to earlier, which is that it takes a lot of time to be vegan, Mm. but you're making it really accessible and letting people know, all right, this is precisely how you should be prepping. And then you can grab and go throughout the rest of your week. That's amazing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think though, you know, once people, once you get into the hang of it, that's why we give the step-by-step instructions to show you, you do it like this, you follow our instructions and you're going to get the hang of it. So you can do it on your own and the intimidation just falls away because you realize, oh, this is easy. I got this, you know? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's play another game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this next game, um, we kind of hinted at it a little earlier when uh, Zakia shared her f- new favorite mantra inspired by what you said. But what is a mantra of yours right now? That you, something that has been inspiring you or affirming you um, in a certain area of your life? Something that's maybe a phrase or one word that you might say or think about that really inspires you? Oh, well, right now, I think it's, I have it in my medicine cabinet and the mirror in my bathroom, written in many different ways, said by many different people. But it's the idea that your success is not based on the talent that you have, but how much work and how much effort you put into succeeding. Um, Because for me, I grew up thinking, well, I I grew up thinking that I was like my own person, knowing, really, I, I knew that I was my own person and I always sort of lived by the beat of my own drum, right? But once I graduated from college or high school and I went into college, I was in a very different um, like place in my life. I was in a very different role. I went to Boston University. I came from Atlanta, Georgia, which is very diverse, <laughs> um, especially the, the suburb that I grew up in. Very diverse. Lots of different people from all around the country and around the world. Um, but then when I went to college, I was in a small acting program and there was not a lot of uh, ethnic variety Uh, And also the casting was reflected in that. And I just didn't feel good enough for the first time in my life. And um, after college or in college and even after I started looking back at my life and I started feeling like, hmm, maybe it's not that like I'm the odd person out in this university, but it's that I've never been good enough. And Mm. I always I just was misleading myself all my life. Wow. And that really became like. Like, I really started feeling that way. And I started I started acting. You know, I graduated from college. I moved here and I started going to auditions and stuff. And I really started feeling like, oh, you're not good enough. You're not special like you thought you were. You were never the, um, the star of the play in, college, or in, in high school. You were never really the, the whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started coming out of that as I moved through my 20s. And I started realizing... Screw all of that. F that. <laughs> it's really, you know, d- despite what people think about me and, and, and how I sh- come off to people, that doesn't matter. What matters is how I show up 
and the effort that I put into whatever I'm doing and just being my very best. So the past doesn't matter. Whether I'm good enough or I'm not good enough, that really doesn't matter. I'm good enough for myself. And it's just really about doing my very, very, very best. Um, because when you're caught up in thinking that, oh, I'm not good enough for this and that, and she's better and he's better than me, then you can't, you don't have the bandwidth in your brain to be thinking creatively and, and, and be, do your best. You simply don't have that space in your brain. So you got to get all of those thoughts out and slowly focus on effort and being your best, even if you don't, even if you're not talented, screw it. Just do it anyway and yes. just be your best regardless. <laughs> That's Love my it. mantra. That's <laughs> so great. Yes. Be your best. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. So we've spoken a lot about um, what you're what you're up to and what you're passionate about. Uh, maybe we could actually take a step back and and learn more about the the origins of Sweet Potato Soul itself. So this is for you more than just, um, you know, something that you do on the side. This is who you are. I know that you are a chef, you create amazing healthy meals with people, and you also teach people how to make healthy meals. Um, so could you share a little bit more about like your brand and your career and how you built this? Yes. I actually started Sea Potato Soul as a hobby when I was acting. Um, I think it was, I hadn't even lived, I don't think I had even lived in New York City for a year, but I love food and I always have loved food. And I just needed an outlet. I just needed a hobby. I just needed something to do because the acting life was getting me down. <laughs> and I just didn't feel like I could express myself in the way that I wanted to. I always had some sort of creative outlet um, before I moved to New York. Um, like in college, I was designing clothes when I didn't feel great about my how, you know, I didn't feel like I got the right role in the play in college um, I just like had other stuff I was doing. So same thing here. I started the, the blog as a hobby because I just needed a way to express myself and like <laughs> just do something. Um, and anyway, so I be, after I became vegan, that's when I was like everything, like my whole world just opened up, like the world of possibilities, of, especially for food. I didn't know like half the foods that I eat today. I didn't even know they existed before I became <laughs> vegan. Wow. So the blog really became more fun for me because it was like, there's so much to do. There's so much to explore. There's so much to take pictures of and to eat and to so many recipes to make. So then it became a deeper hobby, more of a passion. And then that passion, I said, oh, I want to do this for my full-time job. I quit acting, started my personal chef service, started cooking for people. And then that, that ran its course. Um, I still teach classes. I have one this evening. Um, I still teach classes, but Sleep Potato Soul is, like, really my thing, mm -hmm. you know? Like, started as a hobby, but now this is, like, my thing. Like, if I were a billionaire, I would do this. <laughs> this is exactly what I would be doing. It's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, making the videos is so much more fun now because my boyfriend is helping me and we've decided, like, we are going to spend time on this stuff. Right. Like, we are going to try to make it as amazing as we can. Like, we, I don't care if, like, it's weird or it's, like, not that great <laughs> to somebody else. I just want it to be, I want it to be awesome to myself. So we've been spending more time with that. You know, people see me, like, sometimes when someone, like, someone will see me, like, at the grocery store or something, and they might follow my blog, 
and they call me sweet potato soul. <laughs> I think that's so funny. It's like my name now. <laughs> it is. We love it. We love it. I do too. <laughs> so what has been your most um, fulfilling experience about having sweet potato soul as far as like the responses you've been getting back from people? I think that's the most fulfilling. Like, I just, I just, like, knowing that I have, I'm doing something to help people. Because I get people tell me all the time, oh, you inspired me to become vegan. Um, You've helped my vegan journey along. It's been so much easier since I discovered your YouTube. Like, all the time. That's That's so beautiful. I think that relates a lot with what we're doing with Black Girl and Ohm too. We've received so many beautiful messages from people who never really saw a platform that was really showing women of color, you know, practicing wellness. And so it's obviously, it's obviously related and totally relate with what you say about how the warm, fuzzy feeling that results because of knowing how you positively impacted someone else. That's, that's just makes everything that that much more fulfilling while you're doing it. Exactly. That's why it's like, you know, you go into like a random company's website and be like a boring company like Bank of America and they'll have a mission statement. And uh, it just goes to show like no matter what you're doing, how important it is to have a mission statement because the most stale, boring companies have it. And it shows like that guides how you show up and like how you present yourself and what you put out in the world. And if you're just like us, like we have, we're smaller scale operations. We're not a bank of America, but we get to really be guided by our impact, like what we're putting out in the world and how we're helping people. And it really, it can really drive you. You don't even have to be helping somebody else, but if you're like, if you feel like, cause that like goes back to, going vegan or practicing yoga, like having a a reason, Mm -hmm. having a mission statement for yourself is very important. Knowing like why you're doing this, it's important. Absolutely. I definitely Mm -hmm. agree with that. Um, Maybe the last thing we'll talk about is just what does a day in the life of Janae look like in the kitchen in particular? So walk us through some of your, some of your meals, morning, afternoon and night. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I always eat, oh, my God, mana bread. Oh, (laughs) I went to Fairway before I got on the call with y'all. Oh, my God, they were out of mana bread. And I was, like, asking, I asked two people, excuse me, where's the mana bread? It was over there. It's like, it's not over there. I already looked over there. It's not over there. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. And they just didn't have any, and now I'm out. But mana bread is this sprouted wheat bread. It is mana from heaven. I'm not (laughs) joking. It's literally (laughs) mana from heaven. So I eat that mostly for breakfast, though I won't tomorrow because I don't have any. (laughs) 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 I don't know what I'm going to eat. No, tomorrow I know I'm going to eat probably some Ezekiel toast with avocado on top because that's the second thing. Oh, my God. I love toast. I love bread. That sounds amazing. Uh, Right? (laughs) Especially if it's sprouted because it's yummy and it's healthy and it gives you more energy. So I eat that. Um, Oh, fruit. I love fruit. I eat that for breakfast as well. Coffee. I drink coffee every day. I drink matcha tea. This is like all for breakfast. Like Mm -hmm. I, I eat all, I need all that stuff. Since I work for myself, obviously I set my own schedule. So my breakfast, I'm not a morning person. I wake up and it's like breakfast, multiple like 
parts, components, coffee first, and then like an hour later, I have my matcha tea and it's a process. For lunch, honestly, I eat Buddha bowls all the time. This week, since I'm going out of town this weekend, I, we have been going out of town this weekend and then again the, the following week. So we have to film all of our videos for the next month. So I've been filming all week. So I've just been eating the food that we've been filming. And I'll give you a little, a little preview. Um, today we finished the video for sweet potato noodles, like oh the noodles gosh. made from sweet potato out of a spiralizer what? with a what? creamy almond sauce. Okay. It's like what? Yeah, with lime and soy sauce and ginger and garlic okay. and hot I'm pepper. going to cry. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> near tears good. right now. Seriously. <laughs> so Please share that recipe with us so we can share. Yes, I will. Oh my God. So delicious. So yeah, I, I, eat, I eat what I make for the blog. Mostly. And if I'm not making something for the blog, I, I just eat like bootables. Nice. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I love food. And I eat a lot of chocolate. I just had some chocolate before we jumped on the call. Nice. Um, I drink a lot of water too. That's mm-hmm. very important. That's important. So everybody drink your water. <laughs> so important. I'm going to drink some more. no one of my favorite memories um within the you know two-year lifespan that is black girl and ohm was when we were Mm -hmm. able to do black girl and ohm food church with you in new york last summer yes so janae made this amazing (laughs) vegan soul food um for us and it was it was great Yes, it was phenomenal. We had vegan mac and cheese, which I never even knew existed. So thank you for putting me on to that. Um, We made vegan um, uh, potato salad. Oh, yeah. Collard greens. Yes, we had vegan crab cakes. Oh, my God. Vegan peach cobbler. Yes. And I just remember everyone received it so well. It was so wonderful. fun. That was so much fun. I love the conversation we had. Mm, so much goodness. Yes. <laughs> well, is there anything else you'd like to share with our community, with us about anything? I think so. I'm feeling inspired today, especially <laughs> because I mean, we're like talking on the phone. This is inspiring. But also I feel like in the last few weeks, I, okay, I set some goals, some 90-day goals, and I really didn't think that I would hit my goals. But they're, like, they're coming to fruition. And I look back at the, I've been doing, I've been working for myself now for four years. And I remember when I got started and how hard it was and how I just, I wanted to give up before I even got started and how much easier it is now and how the things that I wished would happen to me someday are happening to me now. And I can only imagine like what is to come in the future. And I only say this to like remind everybody, myself included, that that life is a journey. Because I remember when I first graduated from college People would always say, oh, it's all about the journey, the journey. <laughs> Don't worry about the destination. And I would be like so frustrated. Like, that's stupid. I hate that. It's <laughs> so dumb. But it's true. Like, it is about the destination as well because obviously you need to have goals and such. But no matter what you're doing, whether it's like your yoga practice, the way you eat, um, a business, a career, family, no matter what, patience and showing up and, and just like 
really, yeah, patience is so, so crucial. Um, because then you have patience. I think that, I think patience is like a positive feeling, mm-hmm. whereas like impatience is negative, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're impatient, there's like, yeah, there's could be like all sorts of like strife that comes along with that. Um, so my, I have been very inspired because I've been proud of myself these last couple of weeks. And so I just want to tell other people to remember to have patience and, and trust that what you desire in life will come as long as you just do the work and keep showing up. That's, that's so that's beautiful. And super timely, too, for a it lot is. of reasons. We'll talk later, Janae. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but seriously, I mean, you know, Zakia, myself, and our entire team, we're huge on um, manifestation. And so what it yes. means to set some really ambitious, large goals and have the utmost faith and patience in realizing those goals. It's not going to happen overnight. Sometimes what looks like overnight success or overnight achievement actually takes months, if not years. Um, So that also Mm -hmm. speaks to valuing the people who are supporting you along the way. I'm sure that even you with Sweet Potato Soul, remember people who from the very beginning supported your ideas and supported your vision. Right. And Absolutely. Yeah. Just giving gravitude, gratitude to Having the a people. strong sense of community is like so, so important to anyone yeah, who is trying to manifest a vision for themselves. Yeah. yeah. I love the community that you guys have created with Black Girl and Ohm. Thank it's you. so Thank you. refreshing and beautiful. And I was talking to my client yesterday and she and I were talking about energy you know the energy she was like she was telling me how she could pick up on people's energy my grandmother always says that too oh I could tell their energy this and oh I don't like the energy and growing up I was like oh whatever what's that mean but it's true and it's like the in the community that you guys have created with black girl and ohm I can look on Instagram (laughs) which is a computer on my phone and I can feel the energy you know I feel supported yeah and so you're so right, Zakia. Like community really, really helps everything. And not only are you like this the community that you guys have created helping and supporting you, but I know you guys are helping and supporting so many people just through sh- just through being you. Thank you. And yeah, I love thank that. you so much. And we love you and what you're doing with I Sweet Potato Soul. <laughs> love you guys. <laughs> so where can we find you online? You can find me at sweetpotatosoul.com. And also, if you go on YouTube, Sweet Potato Soul. Honestly, I'm Sweet Potato Soul on everything. <laughs> we'll find you. We're already obsessed with your Instagram account. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. All of those delicious Buddha bowls and sweet potato recipes. Please, please, please follow Janae's Instagram and social media for inspiration and just all around great food. It's phenomenal. And if uh, those of you have any questions or any responses to this episode, feel free to tweet us at Black Girl Gnome or tweet um, Janae at Sweet Potato Soul and let us know what resonates with you. If any of the recipes particularly stood out, we'll be sure to tweet those out as well. Yeah, absolutely. But thanks so much, Janae, for taking time. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. Of course. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Black Girl and Ohm. And please also don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And also to hear our podcast, please go to blackgirlandohm.com slash podcast. Please find us on iTunes and Google Music. Search in podcasts. And also please leave a review along with a comment or two. That's how people find us. And I'm sure you want the world to know just how much you love our show. Editing, mixing, and producing provided by James T. Green and Taz Kelleher. Music and sounds provided by Khalid B. and Peter Espenson. This has been a production of Post Loudness, a collective of independent audio shows by people of color, women, and queer-identified hosts. Post Loudness. Audio on the French.